things about your coming over here is I'm able to ask you all of these questions. Because for a lot of years, I thought a turducken was some sort of a you know a foul crossbreed, but it's not. Well, it's just I mean, three I different mean, things. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it's it's really five different things. It's a it's a chicken, a duck, a turkey, and two kinds of dressing. And are you going to have one on, on your Thanksgiving table? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have one. I have to bring it though, but you know, you know, because it. Oh, here's here a picture. Here's, here's, here's a picture of one. Turn duck in yeah, the picture. Yeah, that's the, that is one. it. And you see, you cut it like right down here. <laughs> see, and then this is what it looks like inside. <laughs> see, so you got turkey, then duck, and then dressing, and then chicken. Oh, oh. and then then you just have to do it that way. Or, now, if any of that makes sense. Now, can I get some hoisin sauce with that? <laughs> That's unbelievable. You know, you know the, the first time I ever had one of these, I, I I ate it with my fingers, and then I had to shake hands, and I didn't know whether to <laughs> stay away from me. <laughs> Second and seven, oh, that man's deal. deal. We'll get to it for three. Dagger! The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions! You like that? You like that? I like that. You gotta like that, right? My approval ratings keep going up. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. Welcome in, this is Defeating the Curse. So many topics on the docket for today. We got a long list of topics to run through. Me and Stevie, you're gonna have a. We have a full slate of things to discuss, Stevie. My name Let's is Joe. His name is Stevie. I'm on mic one. He's on mic two. The lead story here from the jump, Stevie. I mean, there's a lot in DC we got to talk about. There's a lot of national stories too that I want to touch on. Um, the last 24 hours, 36 hours, um, you know, in and around across the country really have been tremendous. I mean, we we lost a. Uh, I think one of your heroes in, in Harry Reid passed in the last 24 hours. We lost Montez Sweat lost his brother. I don't know if you saw this story. I'm, I've been reading about it kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, that I mean, terrible news there as well. And we'll, we'll talk about the football team in particular in, in a couple minutes here. But I think we got to start with that opening clip, that the John Madden clip, the infamous Turducken clip. Um, John Madden passed away. Uh, the, the special that ran over the weekend on Christmas Day. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it or not, Stevie. But it's uh, yeah, yeah. if you haven't, it's definitely worth the time. It's it's, it's a special special look at you know 25, 30 years of of John Madden. But you know, I, I think it's I think it's incredible when you think about the impact that he as one individual has had over several generations of football fans. Right? I mean, he's he's we aren't old enough to remember him as the football coach. We are definitely old enough to remember him. And he is synonymous with Monday night football with before that he was on the Fox, uh, Fox broadcast with Pat Summerall. Eventually he went over to the ABC broadcast or the Monday night football broadcast with Al Michaels. That's those are my first memories, like real memories of John Madden. And then obviously in the early nineties, Sega Genesis comes around and Madden football, Madden 92, 93, 94. And here we are, I think you and I played Madden all the way through the 20th anniversary last week. Mistaken. Oh yeah, you're still playing. That's right. I've moved over to FIFA at this point. But Stevie, I mean, it's it's impossible to. And by the way, that clip, uh, if you didn't see it in person, I, I'll 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 post it to to social media, DTC to social media, because what happens in that clip is Al Michaels is asking him what a turducken is, and and John is going through like 
like there's a game going on. He doesn't even care. He's going through the turducken layers and they literally hand him one in the booth and he is prying into it with his bare hands. And Al Michaels is, he's like very visibly distraught over how John Madden just manhandling this turducken. Um, there won't be another John Madden, but I mean, for me, his voice is synonymous with Monday night football in particular for me. Um, I, I actually remember when he retired and uh, and Al Michaels basically going to ABC and saying, hey, can you let me out so I can do Monday Night Football at the time it moved over to NBC um, or Sunday Night Football, whatever it was. But regardless, Stevie, I mean, I, John Madden is he is synonymous with many things. For me, he's the broadcaster. Do you see him or do you think of him more as the broadcaster or the the video game personality? Well, you know, it's funny because we're, we're kind of in that that middle age group, right? The kind of sweet spot where. The people older than us, and, and you know, we're in our mid-30s, uh, the people older than us will see him as a Hall of Fame coach, right? And so these are, you know, the people that watched him coach the Raiders to a Super Bowl, you know, in the 70s and, you know, take on the Steelers and, you know, look at him like that. The people younger than us will solely know him as the Madden guy and kind of the, the face of the, the franchise. We're in that sweet spot where we see him as the broadcaster, but really across uh, all three levels, if you really think about it, there's been a lot of talk about John Madden these, these you know last 24 hours. I haven't really heard people talk about him as a pioneer, and and you know it's funny, he didn't seem like it, but if you look at you know especially as a broadcaster, I mean you look at the the guys now, Collinsworth, Romo, you know even what Peyton Manning and, and his brother are doing. You know, uh, Al Michael, you know, Al was with him. But you look at these Collinsworth Romo type guys and they are just copycats of John Madden. Madden was the first telestrator guy, right? He'd say, you know, you've got your, yeah. your running back here, your football, you know, that was Madden, right? So he was the tele, he would break down the X's and O's better than everyone, right? Well, Before it, that, you had Howard Cosell more than that. calling it, the game. You're talking about the broadcast. He's also the first guy to do the uh, boom, right? And and the boom thing and the sound effects. And, exactly. You know, like, That's your sports we, center We grew up right on there. a generation of like sports center with Stuart Scott, right? RIP Stuart Scott, the best to ever do it, right? But all those Stuart Scott-isms, as cool as the other side is the pillow and the even even with Boomer, Boomer's still doing it, right? On on ESPN Plus, he's still doing prime time with the yeah. yeah, I mean he does it for baseball. Like all of that really does start with with John Madden. Like he was the first color commentator to actually inject color into the broadcast. And and he did it from a position of like really understanding football because he was a coach. You know, and, and his teams, I saw, I mean, again, like I, I could probably talk about him for a solid hour just on the on you know, the things I remember, you know, of him. But at one point during his coaching tenure, he was, I believe, he he won three out of every four games. I mean, he was not just an average coach who became a great announcer or commentator. He excelled as a coach. And then he was the best as an announcer. And then he became, the, the again, synonymous with the 100 million copies of a name, of a game with his name on it has been sold over the past X number of years, 20, 22 years or whatever it is now. I mean that that's incredible, Stevie. I mean his name is synonymous with with success, and he and his voice is synonymous with to me anyway. Thanksgiving football, like like Lions playing, whether they're good or bad, the Lions playing on Thanksgiving on Fox, 
and and John Madden calling a game like it's just it's just ingrained in me. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like it's it's some of my earliest and fondest memories of football, and he's part of them. And to hear about his passing was it was tough. I mean, it was tough. I mean, it's not like we knew him, and he certainly has hasn't been around the game for the past several years. But you know, one thought that I I kind of shared yesterday on uh, with some people we were chatting when it when the news broke. There's an entire generation of football players today, like you said, in the NFL that grew up playing Madden, learned the game of football playing video games, and got drafted into the NFL and are probably on their way out of the NFL at this point. As, you know, they're on the, the, the second half of their career as well. It's incredible. Like one person being that just in, ingrained in football. Well, you know, you... you... You can't compare him. And I, I, I know I just did with the, you know, Aikman's, Collinsworth, Romo guys. But the thing with Madden and, uh, you know, his partner, Pat Summerall, rest in peace as well. You knew when they were on the call, it was a big game. You know, now you, you'll get Aikman and, and Buck on some crappy Thursday night game because they got nothing better to do. You'll get, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, Romo and, and Greg, whatever, on some crappy CBS game, you know. There, but Madden and Michaels, Madden and Summerall, anytime you heard that voice, yeah. you knew this was the yeah. game of the week. There was no, I mean, I think a lot of the same things will be said for, you know, Al Michaels is, is a legend in that broadcasting realm uh, as well. I, I think know? Joe Buck is on that path as well. I, I, I really do. I think, I think Romo's got a long way to go, but he's probably going to be set up in the same way. And frankly, you know, given the, the climate, I mean, e Eli and Peyton are not, to that level, but they, they could probably get there. Peyton definitely can get there, you know, and those like the shows on ESPN, like, um, like detail. I don't know if you ever got into those, but like, I remember listening to Kobe break down like the most mundane, like lob pass into the post. And it's like, wow. Like when, when you live a sport like this and you play it, you're gonna, you're just gonna have different insights that nobody else is going to have, whether it's, you know, the rando commentators or, or broadcasters or, or, even fans like you're just not going to know it the way a professional knew it and and you know again like at the time i remember hearing for the first time or, or it was probably wasn't the first time i definitely remember the last call um the last time because I, I went back and looked it up the last time that john madden referenced a four-point tackle do you remember him talking about four-point tackles this to me yeah. is like it's just like i i can quote it verbatim it was Ray Lewis. I think it was one of his last last broadcasts. And Ray Lewis had it was like a third and goal situation or whatever. And he tackled somebody. And John Madden made this reference to a four. It, Ray Lewis just did just had a four point tackle. And I remember at the time thinking that is the wackiest way to describe it. But here we are, what fifteen years later, whatever it is, and it's a perfect way to describe it. And it's been used ever since, right? The four point tackle, right? He stopped the defense, stopped the offense from scoring seven. They're going to settle for three, thus. According to John Madden, it's a four-point tackle. It's it's brilliant. It's brilliant, and that I mean, that's a coach. That's a coaching ism, right? That's not a broadcasting. That's something that he probably has been saying since his time as a coach, and it just came out on the air. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny that you know you mentioned those shows like Detail and Man in the Arena with Brady, and you know whatever they're doing there. You just strip away all the bells and whistles of those shows, and it's what Madden pioneered. I mean. I will never forget. And, and again, John Madden plus Joe Gibbs, Washington Redskins football, early 90s was a match made in heaven. Because John Madden and through his games afterwards taught me 
what a counter trap is to see these 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 offensive linemen pulling. You know, Joe Gibbs mastered that, but like that's how I learned. That's incredible. The guy, you know, is going to the left side, and you got this right guard pulling. That's amazing. And Madden would circle it and show you how they would get the defense going one way, move to the other side, and so. That stuff is ingrained inside of you. And so his legacy, which is why, you know, when a person like that passes away, it, you know, you conjure up those great memories, you know. And uh, I didn't watch the – I caught a little bit of the special All Madden on Christmas, but I heard it's phenomenal. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, and it's pretty serendipitous that it all went down a few days before he passed. A few days later, yeah. I mean, they recorded that back over the summer, if I'm not mistaken. But it's – it's worth watching. I mean, I I watched it. Uh, FS1 and FS2 are running it back. So, I mean, if you haven't caught it yet, I think your YouTube TV, right? I don't, no free no free plugs, but I think your YouTube TV. Yeah, I mean, set <laughs> set a recording for it because um, well, it's it's it, worth it. Well, uh, I mean, I'm YouTube TV as long as ESPN and them are not in a fight. Yo, uh, yo, man, that was almost the end of the world. Like, I, there isn't much <laughs> that we care about, but I mean, you can't tell me that ESPN is moving off your platform and then expect me to stay. Yeah, can, can, can someone explain to YouTube TV? They have zero leverage here. Like can anyone, they should pay whatever amount ESPN wants. Well, it's Disney actually wants. the opposite. I think they have all the leverage. Like, cause where, where are you going to go? Fubo TV or, or Pluto or. I'll find something. Somewhere. Exactly. We're going to end three up in the channels we watch. dark web of Reddit. We're going to start in Reddit and end up in the dark web looking for illegal hacks and streams. Justin TV or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Front row sports. I mean, they're, they're all over the place, but I, I don't want to watch TV. I mean, you know how annoying it is for years to have to try to watch a Nats game without Masson without Masson. Yeah. Like I, we can't do that with, uh, with ESPN. Like it, it's, it's, that's nonsense, you know, but whatever crisis averted on that, on that regard. Um, I, yeah. I mean, there is, like I said, I, we've, I could probably talk about the impact of Madden for forever. Um, but, but seriously, when was the last time you actually played Madden? I have a feeling you've got it. I'm not kidding. Last night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Played there Madden was a time you and Razzle used to camp out. I mean, the, the, we're not doing that Those anymore. Those were the good right? old days. Uh, I, love, I mean, you're getting everything online now. Yeah. See, but the, the discs, kids today will never the understand. They'll never understand the hype of going to stand at GameStop or EB Games at, uh, you know, at 11 o'clock, just getting in the queue so you can buy a game at midnight. The, the pizza parties. And then you sit inside EA Sport or EA Games or... Uh, uh, playing uh, Madden with these random high school kids. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I think, well, I definitely remember you and him going, I think you had gotten your first job out of school and he was still in school, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a Probably. year or two behind us. But I, I remember you, I, I vividly remember you actually calling out for like three days after that because the games used to launch music. So this is going to age us a little bit, but all the new music and CD releases and movie releases and video game releases, they always happened on a Tuesday, always. So, right, we would camp out on a Monday night. You'd get the game at Tuesday at midnight. And then it was kind of expected, like, the day after the Madden drop, like, nobody went to work on Wednesdays. And I don't, I don't know if that still happens, but I vividly remember at some point in our early-ish 20s clearing the schedule, basically, in just two or three days of just not moving and hand cramps and eyeballs that were bleeding because it was just never-ending. And you got into head coach for a while too. I think that had Madden's name on it, didn't was it? It must. I think it was an EA. That was game. a terrible so game. Maybe, maybe it was really that was a terrible game. Terrible game. I, I mean, you were pacing uh, around the basement with your headset on, calling, uh, calling there, plays. There, there was a solid movement there in the late '90s to move 
the Madden release to make it a holiday, like a day off. Okay. Like it was close to like the Juneteenth stuff that they had going for a while. There, okay. Like they, they, they were, I'm saying, I'm not likening the importance of it. I'm just saying that it was close to being a, a public holiday. Well, because, you know, if you were under 25 and male, you weren't working for several days after it. <laughs> Right. You try running a business where your entire workforce just says, I'm out. I have to go play video games for the next couple of days. The the number of things and I know this is going to make us sound like grumpy old men. But like you said, like the kids these days will never know the discs. Like what in society right now has improved? Literally nothing. The kids these days, they totally got hosed. Everything about society sucks. Look, I'm sitting here with COVID. <laughs> do you have COVID or do you have the, the, uh, the common I, cold I, known as Omicron? I, I have Omicold is what they call it, okay? Uh, Whatever. Quite a well-known epidemiologist calls it that. Uh, at what point can we just let everybody get it and move on? Hey, if anybody wants it, they show up at my doorstep. Yeah, I mean, what are you eating over there too, by the way? You're going to town on something uh, over there. Are we, are between, we plugging stuff, okay? I'm, I'm eating the best sandwich uh, from the, a place in Northern Virginia. It's called the Sandwich Shop, Church Street, Vienna. The best sandwiches in town. Everyone needs you're to talk, check it you're out. Talking Local. as if it hasn't been there for forty years. I'm just did saying. You, did you just find it? When I find it, that's that means it's brand new. Are you gonna, next, are you going to tell me about this cool little pizza spot called Church's Pizza? Uh, I think they changed their name to Lombard's Pizza. So look who's outdated and antiquated. I, I mean, guy. I don't roll Springfield's not, or Springfield's hood now. Springfield. I don't know anything about Vienna. Vienna got I too fancy for too. me. It, Vienna's big time now. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm actually yeah. Tyson's. They changed. They gave me a city. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Born, what, like five minutes ago or whatever it says on the sign. I drove past it. I was a little surprised. But yeah, I mean, people don't know, Stevie. We, we grew up basically a block or two blocks away from each other. So like the main road in, in Vienna or that cuts through Vienna is 123, uh, which is, I think, Chambridge or Dolly Madison. I don't know. It changes names. Maple like, Avenue. Times, Maple, Avenue. Maple, Maple Avenue. Maple Avenue. Maple Avenues were all like the Don't, don't forget the your roots. Don't, don't get too big time, okay? Freaking sitting in the Springfield town. It's not, it's not about big you. time. It's not about roots. big time. I just said that they, they built a Whole Foods and then everything went to shit. And that's what that's what happens. <laughs> you know, Amazon came in there and, and set up shop. And now everything is uh, overly commercialized in Vienna. It's the truth. Hey, you got to go through the town of Vienna for everything. Okay. Neo-Nazis. And uh, we got people. we got a couple of friends that have uh, up close and <laughs> very personal experience trying to get every, anything done in the town of Vienna. Well, I, I won't talk segment. about that. That's another segment. I don't want to talk about that. I, I think, you know, just to put a, a, a bow on, on the John Madden segment here, I think his, his presence will forever be felt. I think for EA to do anything with that franchise except to continue to make games year in and year out, um, would be a shame. I mean, again, his name is synonymous with it. He is in the football, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think the bus, I think his original Madden Cruiser actually is at the Hall of Fame as well, which is really cool. He was one of the first to refuse to fly. And and he, he was just scared said, to fly. He didn't refuse. He, yeah, he said he kind of powered through it as a coach, but as he got older, that, that fear, that claustrophobia got worse and worse. And the Madden Cruiser became just as synonymous with, you know, Monday Night Football as, I mean, he would do interviews in it and it would be like, I don't know. It, it, we're we're not. We're never guys, gonna have a guy like that again. Who else doesn't like? I think it's Kornheiser. Oh, Michaels. Michaels travels right Michaels now. Michaels doesn't uh, fly. I know Kornheiser refuses to fly. Kornheiser. Kornheiser refused to fly as well. Kornheiser had a fear of. Yeah, when he was on the Monday Night Broadcast. Yeah, him and him yeah. and uh, him and uh, well, the, the rotating uh, cast at that time. I'm, Dennis I'm, I'm, Miller. Dennis oh, Miller was on it for God. a while. I mean, Tariko. Tariko was the man before. You know, he he switched teams. Hey, but he, uh, he got into some trouble. Okay. 
<laughs> well, look, Tarico Tarico belongs on a very short list of people that can call anything and make it good, right? I mean, that guy goes from golf to Olympics to soccer to World Cup to you know to throw away NBA right. games and does it really well. Buck is on that that list too. Buck should like be on that Buck. list. Buck, especially, what he, what he especially in that, yeah, especially in that late in that October November window where he's zigzagging between World Series games and and you know mid season football games. I mean, no one does it. No one does it like him, right? It's yeah. I mean, you, he doesn't. I mean, he's two sports, but that's still very impressive. But anyway, I, I want to switch gears here. There's no easy pivot, but let, let's talk about this football team, Stevie. It's um, how 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 much of the game on sunday night did you sit through be honest no i watched the whole thing you you can't turn your eyes from a train wreck that's much more entertaining than a competitive football team you want to see how bad is it going to get and the answer is it got bad brother it's it's very very bad Uh, there was there's not a single thing that i can point to that you could you can't point to any part of sunday night against the cowboys and say that it went as expected or better than expected. Not not a single facet of that game, you know. And and there's a couple folks, uh, Rick Snyder, mo- most most notably on Twitter, that always does like immediate grades or flash grades. And uh, him and I were, were kind of trading messages back and forth. I was like, sometimes you just got to say like, you know, insufficient effort not worthy of grade because F is is generous to how the team played in in some spurts. And I I don't know. I, I have some thoughts on this. One. I think we all know what Taylor is and what he isn't. He's going to be a guy who is, he's going to be appealing in some very specific circumstances. He's not your franchise guy. And at the end of the season, I think they, they should be looking at him and evaluating him. If he's not, if he's not the number one backup contender, then, then he won't be on the roster. Like he, he's better than a third stringer, but he's not a starter. Kyle Allen. What a waste of a fifth round pick. He's not worth anything. You know, I don't know why Ron insisted on bringing him here, um, but I mean, he the only the only silver lining from Sunday is that he was able to complete some passes to Terry McLaurin in stride, where Terry wasn't leaping, jumping, you know, trying to you know scale the walls just to grab a ball, corral a ball. I mean, you saw a little bit of that. I mean, I think two completed passes in stride, but Kyle shouldn't be on this roster next year uh, either. I think they, they they're going to have to do something else in, in the quarterback as far as the quarterback room is concerned. You've said it a couple times that you're 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 scared about what Terry actually is, um, and I think I'm I'm there with you now. I think I think he is like today as we sit here. I think Terry McLaurin on on any competitive team that is in the playoffs or headed to the playoffs, he's probably not their number one option, right? I mean, they are he is pro- he is a very very good number two, um, and and I think he will get to to level one or or you know number one status, but I don't think he's there yet. I think I think the play is a little bit a little too inconsistent and and the quarterback play doesn't help him. Yeah, I I'm with you on on essentially all those thoughts. I mean everybody saw the same game that the you you said I just want to uh, clarify because you're talking about the, the the Snyder messages with Rick Snyder is insufficient effort. I'm assuming that's a metaphor. Do you don't think it was a lack of effort? You're just saying like insufficient. I think they gave, yeah, no, I mean it, it's insufficient. Like the sample size isn't large enough to grade them. Like they they are not like well, for then, the then game. I disagree. Then like I they think are you're they are they are so bad. They were so bad on Sunday night that they like they do not place on the list of grades. Like whatever, like they didn't earn an F, right? Even an F is earned. 
I don't think they even earned that. Like with the SATs, right? The, the, the old joke used to be you write your name, you get 200 points. What happens if you break your pencil writing your name, right? You get no points. That's where this just, team is right now. What I would say is I, I don't think it was an effort thing. It's a talent thing. What, what was revealed, we've played Dallas for eight quarters now. And what has been revealed is that this is not a good football team. That when they play, you know, the Bucs were struggling when they came in and, and, and we beat them. Okay. So the Bucs were not the Bucs of the Super Bowl champions and, and kind of the Brady Panthers having all his weapons. Too. This is a bad football team. And this is a not talented football team that, you know, if you have a bad football team, it's either because you don't have talent, you don't have scheme, or you don't have effort. And so I don't think it's an effort thing. And I, I think it rarely is an effort thing. I mean, I think unless you're Albert Haynes, I think in general <laughs> with professionals, effort isn't going to be the issue. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, everybody's got pride. They want to win. They obviously want to get paid. So you want to play good. I don't think it's an effort thing. I don't think it's a scheme thing. I think Scott Turner dials up the plays that he thinks are going to work and they do their homework. And I I haven't seen anything schematically that would trouble me. It's a pure talent thing. I mean, you just said, we know what Taylor is. This is when you have a backup quarterback is being asked to play 16, 17 games in a season. This is what you're going to get. Taylor will be great for a game or two. That's what a backup quarterback is supposed to do. It's supposed to come in and spell the starting quarterback if he goes down for an injury, you know, for a game, two games, three games at the max. This is what he is, a backup quarterback. Now, Terry McLaurin is fine, but when he is across from Trayvon Diggs, that's Mm -hmm. it. Game over. I don't want to hear anything about Terry McLaurin. There is a talent gap. Trayvon Diggs greater than Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin looks small next to Trayvon Diggs. Terry but, but not small, a guy. but but they can you can be small and success. Like Chad was not Chad Ochozinko was not a big receiver. Right. Theo was huge. Was like that. But Chad wasn't right. And but but quarterback play matters here too, Stevie. And not having a, a, a legitimate second option on the field is a big deal. Like Deami Brown had his. It says a lot that Deami Brown had his best game as a pro. In a game where like five passes were completed. He had that one catch over Trayvon Diggs, which was pure luck. Sure. And I don't know how Trayvon missed that. I don't want to make this about Trayvon. I'm I'm talking specifically about Terry McLaurin. I mean, he's not – he is the best offensive player on the team, but he has no help, right? I mean, and I I hate to do the what if. Well, what if Logan is healthy? What if if Samuel actually – you know, what if Curtis actually plays, you know, a complete game and is, is doing what he's supposed to do? There's a lot of what ifs. But Terry, just from a, I, I'm not. I, mean, I want him. I want him here. But if you're telling me that I have an opportunity to, which we don't. But if Washington had a legitimate opportunity to trade any player on the roster for a franchise quarterback or some collection of picks and players, they have to do it. I don't trust this team to draft a quarterback because the, the, they swung and missed on the last one and so the one before. What's the point that. of the draft picks then? So then, what, what, what's the point of? Trading I'm saying trade them away. Trade him away if you can get like you see what someone like Matt Stafford is doing, right? Stafford, you move from you move him from where he's performing at a, an above average level, and then put him into a competent offensive system with legitimate weapons around him. He's an all pro. Matt Stafford will never get the credit he deserves for being the arm that got Calvin Johnson to the best receiving career or receiving season in the history of the league, or. I mean, and right now we're watching Cooper Cup, I think needs, I know there's an extra game, but Cooper Cup is going to, he's going to surpass that record by Calvin probably this week. Stafford is the guy behind both of those, right? So like when you have the right guy, 
it's not it's not enough just to have the right guy. You have to have the right system as well. And and again, I don't like we can revive we can go back in time and pretend, but what if McVay had stayed and Kirk? Would this offense look different? Would the team be different? Unfortunately, none of that stuff matters, right? Exactly. It's a waste of time. None of that stuff matters at this point. But I don't trust this team to draft, Stevie. I don't trust them. I don't trust them to go grab a quarterback in in the early round or or at any point. I just don't trust them. And I don't think you can you can you know the the question that is the question that has been burning a hole in my head is does this team look different? Forget about forget about record. But do they look different? Are they more competitive with someone like Fitzpatrick under center for the duration of the season? I'm not talking specifically about record. Because that, that's a different argument. I'm saying, would, would we know more about Terry McLaurin with a guy like Fitz under center? Well, well, I, I think, you, you know, they'd be nominally more competitive. The, the question is, what does Ryan Fitzpatrick do for a defense that, that you know, allows 500 yards of, of offense to the Cow? I mean, when you go back to the draft... It's a thousand team, yards to the Cowboys in, like, in the span of three or whatever, between the, I mean, between the Eagles. The Eagles, okay, Cowboys, that, yeah. That that uh, you go right there. I mean that that's the the crazy part of that. If you go back to my initial premise of talent, scheme, effort, then you look at that defense. The defense is talented, theoretically, right? Four number one draft picks. I know, obviously, Chase Young's out, but the defense has talent on it. Scheme, you assume Jack Del Rio is a good defensive coordinator. Maybe it's effort on that side. Maybe they're spending too much effort slugging each other on the sidelines. You know, maybe it's effort on the defensive side. What is very clear is there's a dysfunctional situation. And do you think do you think Ron has lost the locker room? You think he's lost the team? No, I don't think he. Well, number one, I don't think he's. That's a terrible loss. They, they were flirting with one of the worst losses in the history of the league. Fifty nine zero is the worst loss ever in the league. They were they were not that far off that Stevie. Joe, I mean, this is not peewee football. These are all grown men who are expected to provide, you know, the 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 best effort possible. I think Ron Rivera's done nothing deserving to lose the locker room. Uh, if anything, you know, what Jonathan Allen and 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 uh, Deron Payne did, you know, it just shows a lack of discipline. It just shows, uh, you know, these guys need to police themselves, take some responsibility for themselves. It's so easy to blame the coach. I, you know, honestly, truthfully, I hate the whole fire Rivera, fire the head coach after these things. It's so easy to do that. It's such a cop-out. Nothing changes when you do that. There's, I don't, It's so easy to get rid of middle management, right? You talk about business. Well, yeah, right? the problem is not, the problem is rarely middle management. Right? It's always at the top and it's, it's always at the top. At the there's, no, no, there's no such thing as organizational change that starts from the bottom up. That's called a coup. Or chaos. And, but what I will say that's probably not a popular sentiment is this is not a Snyder thing either. I, I think Dan Snyder gets blamed for things that he has nothing to do with. The but, benches. But Snyder, but, did but you Snyder, think he really flew the benches out? No, of course he didn't do that. There's some idiot staffer who's trying to. No, impress. I disagree, Stevie. Snyder's the only one I petty enough Joe. to demand that after because Jerry did it, he's going to do it. No, see, you're believing that narrative that we just assume. Why would Why up. would Jason Wright or Ron or anyone else care about the benches? No one else would be that petty. We're talking about Dan Snyder, right? The guy who wouldn't pay Bruce's pay out like you wouldn't pay him until he sent them a text message to congratulate him about hiring ron we're talking about that I, guy I, I do not believe the owner of the team 
had any hand in in uh, the the benches or any of that nonsense. I think Dan Snyder has been well, blamed. Well, maybe Tanya did it, but uh, listen, I think Snyder's been blamed for certain draft picks that he had nothing to do with. And like again, Haskins? I know I know the RG three, I, I know the RG three, and I know the Haskins, but I think there are other areas that he's been blamed for. That he enough. I think it's so easy when we don't know what happened to say Dan Snyder did it. That I I, I think is a cop out. I'm defending Dan Snyder. What, what, what the hell? Yeah, kind I know. Of well, what does the world come to? Uh, this is this is gonna. I can already tell you this will be the least popular segment we've ever done. With people are not gonna be happy to hear this. <laughs> I'll just blame it on the COVID. <laughs> uh, fine. Yeah, COVID fried his brain apparently because he's <laughs> somehow he's coming to the defense of Snyder, but. He, I'm not believing that anyone else in that building cares enough about the benches to make us think about it. And it, and it only happens after, you know, Jerry sends his benches here, you know, and then Snyder's like, well, I'm going to send my benches to Philly and then I'm going to send them to Dallas. And the whole, just, it looks terrible. Not to mention that they, they lost in very, very discouraging fashion, both of those games as well. You just kind of pile on. Uh, There's rumors actually circulating. I don't know if you heard this one, Stevie, but there's rumors circulating that the new name will likely be announced within the next 10 days. And and that that could be just a marketing thing or an attempt to deflect away from the negative. Every time they lose, something happens, right? Something, something, you know, quick, quick, tell them to get the fans to stop talking yeah. about how te- terrible the team is, right? Distract, distract, abort, 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 you know. Yeah, what, 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 uh, like homecoming game can we put on? What tribute can we do for a fallen Redskin or whatever? Right, it's, exactly. It's pathetic. I mean, it's really yeah. pathetic. I, what, I mean, what's pathetic, and I'll, I'll say this, what what is pathetic of me right now is I'm sitting here, still trying to do the the advanced calculus of how a six and nine team can eventually can still make the playoffs, which they mathematically can. That's pathetic. I mean, there's there's a way to do it, and Razzle had the the playoff machine up a couple of days ago and was going through it with me. But it's possible. But you know, we definitely lost the eight and a half bet, uh, the eight and a half win bet, right? I mean, that's over. Because uh, the best they can, the best they can do now is going to be eight and nine. So they they can't get to five hundred. They're gonna they're gonna have a losing record to to end the season here. It's just a question of how bad that, you know, what that record will actually look like. And before we move completely off of that Sunday topic or the Sunday game, Steve, I, w- I do want to talk about the Cowboys for a second here because th- this team early in the season looked like they were, um, they looked like they were amazing. I mean, they they looked like they had firepower, offensive firepower. Defensively, they, they looked like they had. They had it all figured out the, you know, the draft capital that they expended on the defensive side of the ball, specifically because on the offensive side of the ball, they had traded for Amari Cooper. They drafted CD lamb. They were able to re- get and then keep uh, Michael Gallup. You know, they have Zeke who may or may not be, you know, the, the answer for them long-term they have Tony Pollard. So like offensively, they always had the pieces they invested through the draft and got, I mean, guys like Micah Parsons, uh, Trayvon, you, you've named them, right? The Cowboys started the season one way and then kind of hit a lull just as the the Washingtons were kind of peaking and it made things interesting for a couple of weeks. But based on what you've seen from the Cowboys now, just against the Washingtons, but also the lar- the you know the larger outlook, I mean, the Cowboys really should be challenging for more than just a playoff seat and a maybe a one, you know, one game or a one victory in the playoffs. If they play defense the way they have been playing defense, I mean could they not upset a team like the Packers in the NFC? I mean, w- would it really be an upset at this point? I mean, uh, we, you know better than anyone, Joe. I mean, we, we watch we watch football for years. The best team doesn't win the Super Bowl. It's the hottest team that wins the Super Bowl. 
And it's about who gets hot at the right time. And, and Dallas right now is a complete, in the same way that Washington is a complete disaster from every offense, defense, special teams, every aspect, talent, scheme, effort. Dallas has put it all together as a complete football team. And that offensive line is incredible. I mean, they're mauling people. I mean, you have, when I mean, you can put a, a performance like that with your best player, Tyron Smith, out. That's incredible. I mean, what, what that, that offense is doing. When you have Zeke and then you can go to Tony Pollard and kind of switch it up, it's huge. And then you have the weapons that you just named on the outside. It's a complete football team. When you have defense that, you I mean, know. They, got, they have three almost number one level receivers and, uh, you know, an up and coming tight end two serviceable running backs, a quarterback who doesn't make a ton of Dak doesn't make mistakes. You can say what you want about his decision-making, but he doesn't oh, make he's, mistakes. He's a playmaker. I mean, yeah. he's a playmaker. And you look at that defensive line, and obviously they've gotten healthy now with Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence. Two of those two separate defense linemen made two of the most athletic plays in those two games against us. And then you've got, you know, that backside with Diggs and Micah Parsons being otherworldly. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's an upset. I mean, certainly they should be competing with Green Bay and Tampa. Uh, and I mean, Tampa, course, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not big on Tampa anymore. I, I'm just not. I feel like something... And you're not big happen. on Arizona anymore. So really, you're talking about the Packers and Cowboys. Well, but like you said, it's the hottest team. And, and I think the Rams still could get hot. The Rams, they seem to... They're another team that I can't quite figure out. And Razzle, Razzle's been on them all season. They, they don't run the ball very effectively, but they have the best the best you know wide receiver in football I, I, statistically anyway in, in Cooper Cup they have a they have a quarterback who can sling it you know with the best of them but he's also made some you you trust Stafford really i mean trust him to do what trust him to to not to, to lose win a multiple game? playoff games no win multiple playoff games no i mean cuz he's never done it right so until you do it you, you can't be full i mean and and he does weird things too where he comes out and it, you know like I don't know if you watched the, the their last game, the but it, it just looked like OBJ got picks. in his ear. Yeah, it looked like OBJ got in his ear, like in the tunnel coming out from halftime, and was just like just throw it deep. And Matt didn't really look; he just snapped the ball and threw it deep, and it was an interception. So, like we saw that we saw the same type of play from from Taylor Heineke on you know to be very honest on Sunday night, where mm -hmm. it just looked like you know the scripted play. No matter what, we're gonna throw it to Terry and try to get it there, the ball's underthrown, and you know it gets picked off, and it puts us on a path where the game is not competitive moving forward. So Stafford still does stuff like that, and I think I think, I think think Odell Beckham, because of the cachet he carries, is still forcing or putting him into some difficult spots from time to time. But I think McVay is a good coach and can figure out how that team can be successful. Um, yeah, but, I, you know, the Cardinals are probably are going the other way. That really leaves the Packers atop the NFC, and and you know Tampa, Tampa's an interesting team too. Like I, I feel like Brady got old, older, all of a sudden. There's some well, times I mean, where I just feel like all of a sudden things are three weapons. That's what happens when you lose your top three receivers. You lose your running back. Uh, I mean. Yeah, you know, when you're ransacked with injuries, that's what's going to happen. So, yeah, Brady didn't get older. He, uh, you know, they're the injury riddled. I mean, I guess at this yeah. point with COVID, the question is going to be who's going to be COVID-free going into the playoffs? Yes, I, I agree. And so, the, league know, had, the league had to change its position. I don't know how you feel about that, too, but they had to make a change because you can't just keep swiping or doing nose swabs of people that are vaccinated because you're going to – the more you test, and in the infamous words of uh, of uh, Donald Trump, the more you test, the more positives you're going to get, right? So, 
like there, there is something to be said about that. But if you're if you're if you're vaxxed and boosted or whatever, and you're asymptomatic, like you can't just keep testing people. Like the, the competitive advantage, unless you're going to contest, you either you got to test everybody or nobody, unless you I unless mean, you're showing the, symptoms. What's funny is the teams that'll be set up for success are the teams getting ransacked with COVID right now. Yeah, because <laughs> they, they'll get them back. Yes, these guys will be fine. You know, in a week or so, and uh, you know, certainly. You know, speaking of injuries, I just on a tangent, Cam Akers running back for the Rams tore his Achilles about four weeks after yours truly tore his Achilles and is about to play a football game on Sunday. So congratulations to Cam Akers. Probably not the wisest decision of his career, but best of luck to him because I could not imagine having any contact sport, playing any contact sport at this moment in time, six months after an Achilles tear. Why is he doing it? I think he's doing it to get paid. I think there's something in his contract where if he, but he I mean, he can't be a hundred percent. Not possible. It's not possible. It is a twelve to eighteen month injury. I don't care who you are. I mean, it, KD, it was a twelve month injury, and he, he's a freak. How long uh, have you been out? Steve Messa is, is you know, he's, he's close to to, to uh, six months. I'll be ready. I'll be ready for you come March, Joe. Uh, I don't know what we're doing, but okay, I'll be ready too. That, you find a basketball court, I'll be ready. Like I got one okay. in the backyard. You, listen, you always say that. But li- listen, unless you show up with actual shoes, I'm not playing with you because you keep wearing all those uh, those fancy like hey, finger hey, finger booty things. Those are re- remnants of the past, brother. Okay, we're, we're, we're coming back. Come back straighter than the soles. setback. Yeah, I get you some jump soles, something to help you get off the ground a little bit. Like our boy we're Pat. Come, have you seen Pat over. recently? Have you seen Pat recently? I, you know what? We got to give a shout out Pat? to our, our English brother. Okay, I miss yeah. that guy. Pat escaped America about 12 years ago. Went to live in uh, nowhere, England, but, uh, but he's, still very he's active. Still living, he's living back in 12 years ago. I love it. Okay. Every time, every time I talk to him, the guy just wants a he just wants a big bite from 7-Eleven. He wants <laughs> supposed to be a FedEx of a big bite to him. Can't get any decent food in the UK. That's the problem. Pat, get get your vac- get vaccinated and get your butt over here to the US. Okay. <laughs> sounds like sounds like we got a throwback basketball game. Uh, in no cameras in uh, in the springtime. No cameras. Um, Stevie, I only have one other topic I wanted to touch on. We kind of got into it a little bit, uh, you know, as far as like the teams to watch moving forward. I don't want to do it necessarily a top five, low five, but I mean, it, it, all the football being, all the football teams being considered, all the, all, everything that's happening, the COVID, everything, when you factor it all in, how confident are you that, that we're going to see, you know, at the end of it, the two best teams come out of it? I, I think COVID is going to wreck some of that. And, where are you on the Colts? I just wanted to get your kind of give me give me your quick read on the Colts because the Colts to me are, you know, if Wentz and it just keeps kind of doing what he's doing, which is not make mistakes, that team can play defense. That team can run the ball. That team is is got you know an MVP candidate that should be considered more openly and widely for MVP. Jonathan Taylor's doing some things that have never been done before. Where where are you on the Colts? Because I I feel like in the AFC the NFC I think it's going to be Cowboys, Packers maybe Rams, maybe Tampa. Like, I think, I think that's kind of your top four. We'll see what Arizona does as well. 49ers are peaking at the right time too. So it's kind of clear, but the AFC, the Patriots are, I think are better are, are worse than their record. The bills are probably slightly better than their record. All of the wheels have come off there too. It's teams like the Colts that I don't really have a read on. I mean, what do you see with the Colts? I, I mean, well, you know what I will say going back to the NFC, because I think you made actually a very good point for once is, uh, that Rams team is, from a talent perspective, they're the team to watch in the sense of if they get hot, they're the most talented team 
you know, in just looking at it, they're the most talented team in the league, right? When yes. you talk about the the cornerback with Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, they have the most dominant player. Uh, Von Miller. I mean, exactly. they're, they're they're stacked, stacked. So if they can get hot, they're the most talented team in the league. They're the the the, the most they're the scariest team that I wouldn't want to play come January. But uh, the the Colts, Carson Wentz isn't just a, a game manager. I've always considered him a playmaker, somebody who can get out of the pocket improvise and make plays and they're not just a good running team joe they they control games with their running attack with their rushing attack i mean yeah that's a recipe for success in 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 january and and will be you know in february as well is that defense they're they're creating turnovers which is obviously big come playoff time too so ty hilton's able to stretch the field that is a complete team he's, he's out there with a walker at this point but but you're right. I mean, they don't they don't make mistakes and they play sound defense and and they are, you know, the other team honestly that I I, I can't get a read on are the Dolphins, first team in the history of the league to lose seven and then nah, win they seven. They suck. They suck. I don't, I don't think you can say they suck. I mean, you don't win seven straight when you suck. I don't I don't we think they're, I don't think, we suck. I don't think they're built for the postseason at all. You know, and I, I'm I think I think Tua is extremely overrated. I, I don't want him anywhere near the football team. For all those that are listening, they're gonna bombard me with DMs about bring Tua to DC. No, thank you. People but, are the worst. Is, is it overly simplistic to assume it's the Chiefs uh conference to lose? I mean, the Ravens are a mess. Uh, who knows when Lamar's gonna come back? Assuming he'll come back this week. But the only the only I mean, there's a couple teams that I think could beat the Chiefs. I, I think the Bengals could beat the Chiefs. I think the Bengals have enough offensive firepower to, to hang with them. But I don't know if defensively they can slow down Mahomes in that offense. And the Colts. I mean, the, the Colts have shown that they can hang with just about any offense. I think I think it's it's circumstantial. I, I did the Chiefs lock up home home field the, the whole way through. I don't think so. Yeah, Not so, yet. You know, if they have to go to Indy, maybe, maybe it's more of a toss-up. I think if anybody has to go to Kansas City, it's probably probably gonna be kansas city well and i think the the titans are no good i mean unless derrick henry comes back in the exact form he left i don't see how they're going to be competitive either and from a covid perspective the chiefs are set up for success they had their outbreak you know kelsey didn't play last week tyreek hill went into covid protocols so the 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 i think it's the chiefs conference to lose i think the nfc is a lot more competitive with the cowboys packers bucks cardinals i think there'll be some good playoff games there Mm -hmm. And uh, but I, I do think the Chiefs right now are the hottest team and the most talented team in the AFC. Yeah, I mean they got, they got right. They 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 figured out whatever was wrong. And they're to their credit, they're playing defense, and they, that's something they were not doing the, the first you know four or five games of the season. They were a bottom a bottom five defense. They've been significantly better over the last five or six weeks, as have the Colts and the uh, the Packers as well. Joe Barry's got that defense playing some really good football. The, um, the only negative about the Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes' brother. But that's a huge negative. It's a huge, he's it's awful, a huge awful person. I got one right? one last topic, and we'll go. We'll go. Two minutes on the clock here. Urban Meyer. Give me your thoughts about Urban Meyer. Did he de- did he deserve to be able to finish out the season? Like like if that was if he no, was he in Washington, there's no way Dan would ever let somebody go in the middle of the season. Like he I, I, with with did you with just that say type, that, Joe. Did you I mean, just say that? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, he Do we need to talk about Marty and Marty? Well, that was at the end of the season. That was at the end of the season. Marty Schottenheimer? Yeah. He finished He finished 8-8 eight and eight and then was fired. Remember, they started 0-5, and, and then they ran off 5. Lamar, uh, LeVar. Wait, 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 you know, wait, wait. Marty finished no, the season. No, I thought he 
fired him after 0-5? No. Schottenheimer finished the season at 8-8 eight and eight and then didn't get a second one. Then the ball coach came in. You sure about that? Yeah, I'm just saying, Dan, like, I don't remember him firing anybody in the middle of a season. How did Jim Fossil end up coaching our team? <laughs> I don't know. Is that when they had, like, the three guys that were coordinating every play? And is we took, we took, Al, we took, we took, like, was it Bill Sherman, Al Sherman, or whatever? Penalties. Is the bingo is the bingo caller? Yeah, they had the guy from Kansas City calling the other guy, the other guy, and then radioing it in with three seconds. Everything was hurry up, <laughs> even though they had forty seconds. Between plays. Hey, I, I just the Urban Meyer thing for me. I, I was surprised that he was let go. I'm not surprised that he flamed out of the NFL, but to do it so fast, I'm pretty shocked. And I, I just can't get over how much money they potentially owe him if they lose their uh, their arbitration. I mean, they, they owe him upwards of forty million. As you can tell, I have no strong thoughts about Urban Meyer, so I'm trying to get us off topic. And speaking of old Redskin highlights, okay, I, being quarantined these last couple of days, have been on an old Redskin YouTube highlight. Oh, tell page. me. Who you been watching? Who you been watching? Don't tell okay, me RG3. I, I started off in RG3 in 2012, and that was some mm-hmm. magical stuff. Okay? Magic stuff. But then as you move on, he gets annoying, more annoying and more annoying. Did you do Sean Taylor the, highlights? You oh, you. I'm, how you, how you not going to – you got to do 36-21 okay. highlights. Okay. But I'm telling you, the penultimate, my favorite highlight reel, Clinton Portis from the U, 2004 to however long he played. I mean, he played many, many years. That's some beautiful, beautiful stuff. Okay, CP, he was an all-timer. And I'm telling you, man, from that first run, Tampa Bay Bucks, 60-yard touchdown. 64-yard right to the house. Place going crazy. If I'm not mistaken, but, that was Gibbs's first game of Gibbs 2.0. I think it was his first play. It was his first play call. I, I assume they were on defense before that. But his first play call, CP, his first play as a Redskin, takes it to the house. Place goes wild, like okay, electric. And, and just watching CP over the years, the way he turned himself. I mean, that guy came in. You say he came in as a scout back. This guy came in with speed in Denver. I mean, he was yep. setting all kinds of right. But you look at him over the years. He bulked up. He put on some weight. He became a power guy. I mean, he powered us to the NFC division crown, I think, in well, 2000. He was an actual third down, three down back. I mean, he would also he was also a, a pass catching option out of the back. And he was a blocker. He was one of the best yes. pass blockers the running back position has ever seen. I mean, Man. talking about a complete back. I can already tell I'm going to be wasting a ton of time moving forward, just looking at you highlights. Wasted, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. That Where is Clinton Portis? We got to get him on the show. I'm going to work on that. Maybe he can come on and talk to us DMV. about. Maybe he can come on and talk to us about, uh, you know, what he sees around the league. Like I, I'm not so much interested in in like putting him on the spot with like his take on the football team, like per se. Right now, I, I'm actually more curious to hear about like how the league has changed since he like. Will we ever see another three down back like that? I mean, Derek well, Henry's probably the closest to it, maybe. I think CP would come on the show and say, everybody's a bunch of pansies, okay? He'd probably use some other words you might need to bleep out. But uh, I think ain't ain't no running backs in the league like CP anymore, okay? That, no. that guy, like you said, every down. I mean, Zeke is blocking. unfortunately always hurt, just as a guy. I mean, Saquon maybe, maybe, but yeah. If he uh, comes back from that injury, I mean, he didn't look at this season. But, uh, you know, I would love to talk to him about, you know, you, those old guys, not the old guys, I don't want to, you know, uh, age them, but you look at like Marshall Falk and these guys, I mean, these guys, these were running backs. I mean, you got, of course, you're getting into Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith. These guys were running backs. Sean Alexander, I mean, they had the big shoulder LT, pads. And they were LT, still, LT's, LT, LT's almost LT, forgotten in this conversation. He shouldn't LDT, be. LDT, okay. Let's, let's, let's show some respect for LT, okay. LDT. 
I mean, yeah. okay, but even even another three uh, three initial uh, person, right? MJD, Maurice oh, Maurice Jones Drew was a good. animal. Like that that whole crop of running backs was incredible. We'll yeah, never I'm, see uh, we'll never see the position again like that. And no, everybody's I don't, I don't slinging think so. at sixty yards. You know, it's it's third and goal on the two, and they're they got five wide, and they're they're. Uh, I mean, know, I can't. I literally out. lost track of how many third and goals were from the from the two or three yard line were just pass plays, and and That's also freaking Brady is, ruined it for us. I also think we're seeing a whole bunch. I don't know if you noticed this, but the whole league seems to be moving towards just go for it on fourth. There's been a huge shift towards it, right? That, that's the stats a good nerd shift. somewhere. Oh, I, I agree. I'm just saying there's a lot more of it regularly. You know, where they're they're calling you know, on a third and long, they're not calling for a first. They're calling for, you know, you need you need seven. Try to get four. We're gonna go for it anyway. We're trying to get five. So, anyway, Stevie, any final 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 thoughts as we go? As I, and thank you for bringing up Clinton Porter because I, I am gonna spend quite a bit of time here after. Uh, after we post this, just watching some highlights. And and don't sleep on his brother from the U, number eighty nine. Okay, he's got some good stuff. The the Dallas Miracle. What was his Monday Night Miracle? He had a persona that he did his interviews as. I gotta go back and look. I think hair. it was the clown. I, the, was, uh, I gotta go back and look. Don't don't I mean, every it, week he would he he would mix it up. He would yes. dress up. Yes. You know. Towards the end, uh, it got hey, a little. Hey, we ain't never going to see anybody like CP. Okay, he's a legend. <laughs> well, Cam Newton still dresses up, and that guy hasn't won a game Cam in Newton's you know four fool. years. He's yeah. a fool. Clinton Porter's never made it about himself. Okay. He did it and it was a team thing and the team loved it. That's very different than Cam. Cam's all about himself. Clinton Portis was a well, team. Yeah, and he, he had a coach that guy. protected him from himself at times too. Gibbs, like, man. Gibbs, Gibbs is really good about making people available and not, not making them available. Like what we saw. I mean, how would Joe Gibbs have handled Duran and, and Jonathan Allen getting into it on the sideline? I don't want to speak for Ron, but like it's hard to imagine that that he wouldn't have run over there, injected himself in some way, sent them both to the locker room to figure it out. He would have done something. He wouldn't have just let them fester. And of course, with the way the world works now, the NBC cameras were just locked on them. And even, <laughs> you know, every time we come in from a commercial break, they just got cameras. Even if they're not next to each other, you can tell that they're still fuming. And I don't know. One problem at a time, Stevie. We got the one Eagles this week, six and nine. Happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I think this is the last one before the new year. It's been an awesome 2021 thank you to the contender network that was probably the biggest thing to happen to mm -hmm. the show yep. lots of new things planned for 2022 and hopefully you know let me see if i can get clinton portis on the show i think he'd be awesome to, to chat let's with do it cp about. come on let's go anyway stevie i hope you feel better happy new year thank you brother be Same well we'll talk to you soon his name is stevie my name is joe this is defeating the curse we are available on all platforms social media platforms and podcast platforms just search for dtc or defeating the curse we will be with you post-game on Sunday. Hopefully, hopefully, the Washingtons can pull out a victory against the Eagles. We will stay tuned. We will find out, and we will discuss it afterwards. Let's put an end to Dallas week. Let's put an end to, you know, what was a somewhat rough uh, couple of days here as we kind of move past a, that embarrassing performance on Sunday. But for now, thank you so much for hanging out with me and Stevie. These shows are our favorite. Thank you for checking out the show. Thanks for hanging with us. Until next time, we are out.